Hello, this is Lyle Phillips, Senior Pastor at Iris Nashville, and I would like to personally thank you for downloading and listening to our podcast each week. To find out more information about Iris Nashville, you can find us online at irisnashville.com. Thanks, and God bless. Tonight, um, I feel that I've been given an assignment from God, and that is to begin off a series about money. Everybody say, ooh. <laughs> I know, right? Like, so scary. What is he going to say about money? Right? And um, I've been preaching now for 10 years. And in the entirety of my ministry, I have never once, not once, given a sermon, a message on finances. I never talked about money. Maybe I alluded to it or made smaller comments about it. But I've never devoted an entire sermon or much less a sermon series to finances. And I have to be honest with you guys tonight, I've simply never felt qualified to address people about money. That's that's hand God my honest honest truth. I've just never felt qualified. The main reason I never felt qualified when I was younger was simply because of my age. I thought, man, nobody wants to hear a kid get up and talk to them about their money, right? He's, just, he's too young, so I thought, I'm disqualified. Um, as I grew a little bit older, I didn't preach about money because it didn't happen. And uh, just to be real, you know, I was a missionary, I didn't have a whole lot of money. Five taxes for $4,000 uh, not that long ago. And so my dad used to tell me when I was when I was a kid, he said, you know, don't get financial advice from people who don't have money. Like, you know, don't hire a financial advisor to throw. You know, get somebody who's got some experience under the belt and knows what they're doing to receive advice from. How many of you guys think that's good advice? Right. Yeah. Right? I mean, it's just one of my rules of thumb. It's like, uh, you know, I don't take marriage advice from couples that I, I don't want to marriage like this. Right. Right. Does that make sense? Yeah. And so for me, as a, as, as a broke young person, I thought to myself, there's no way I should be able to preach about money because I don't have any money. Well, today I look back and I'm looking at those excuses and I'm realizing just how ridiculous they are because Jesus was neither old nor rich and yet he talked about money all the time. Did you guys know that? Out of 16 out of Jesus' 38 parables in the gospel, he spoke about money. He spoke directly about money or he addressed money and our possessions. And 16 of his 38 girls. So I think that we would all agree here that Jesus has quite a bit to say about money. If you agree with that, you say amen. amen. So now is the time, guys. Now is the time for, for me to preach about money. And I'm preaching about money not because I want you to get more. I'm preaching about money not because I'm going to take up an offering after this. There's going to be no offering at the end of service. Just so that you know, I'm not trying to manipulate you or control you or push you in any certain direction. All I'm, all I'm trying to do is follow the Holy Spirit and say what God told us to say. Are you guys okay with that? Yes. The reason I haven't preached about money in recent years, to be honest, is because I've been scared to. I'm, I'm just being real with you guys. I know that money is a very sensitive subject. One of my pastors used to say that the most sensitive nerve in a man's body runs right through his wallet. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I believe that to be true. Just as much as you, I don't really want somebody to boss me around about how I'm going to spend, you know, my life earnings. What about you guys, right? Yeah. 
So that's not my goal. I just I want to say that up front that my goal is really to follow the Holy Spirit and to invite us as a church family to take a journey of discovery on learning. What does Jesus have to say about money? What does the Bible have to say about money? How does God feel about our money? And just like, is this really important to God? You know, I don't know about you guys, but I want to become more like Jesus every single day. How about you? That's what it means to be a Christian, right? And so as we grow in relationship with God, there's one thing that I've learned. And that is the more like God we become, the more generous that we become. You guys believe that? Because how many of you guys know that in John chapter 3, verse 16, one of the most famous verses of Scripture, not the most famous verse of Scripture, we see where it says that God so loved the world that He gave, right? He gave His only begotten Son. God is a huge giver, right? On the other hand, Satan was cast out of heaven for being selfish and prideful. So one of the easiest ways you can remember that is that God starts with G, generous. Satan starts with S, selfish. It's a, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a profound saying, right? But the world would think that that would be backwards, right? The world sees God as being stingy and Satan as the one who likes to pass out papers. But that's actually a lie that Satan has fabricated himself because he does not want you to be educated and anointed concerning your money. There's a reason why messages with breakthrough have so much confusion surrounding it. Because the enemy doesn't want you to hear them. Look, look at any topic that is very evident in the Bible. You know, any topic. When there's confusion, great confusion that surrounds it, there's probably a reason for that. And because for those, for those of us, for those kings and priests out there that will seek and search, for the, for the rubies of wisdom that are embedded within that confusion, they'll find it as a break of life. Yeah. Do you guys believe that? Yeah. And that's been my journey, and that's the journey I'm going to invite you guys into as we talk about money inside. So I don't know if you guys saw this. I don't know if you, uh, I don't know if you follow me on Facebook or not. If you, if you want to, my Facebook page, if you like it, sometimes I ask people to take polls, and it gets pretty weak. So if you're just looking for some entertainment or you know, the people who comment on my posts, Sometimes it's fun. But last week I posted something on my Facebook page and I said, What does it mean to be financially blessed? Did anybody see that? Yeah. Okay, you know? Awesome. So it's the Facebook algorithm. Mark Zuckerberg. Uh, is that it? Zuckerberg? Not Burger. Anyways, the algorithm. So, anyways, it got out to a few people, a few people commented on it. And I thought it was really interesting um, what people responded with. I, I realized that there were actually two things that emerged from all of the comments that I received. And the first thing that I noticed that, that surfaced was the theme of financial freedom. When I posed the question, what does it mean to be financially blessed? One of the popular comments was, being financially blessed means getting paid to do what you love to do or what you're called to do. How many of you guys agree with that? Yeah. I agree with that. It's not a true question. I completely agree with that. I think that's the truth. I think being financially blessed totally looks like being compensated for what you're called to do. Yeah. And I don't know about you guys, but I want to be compensated for what I'm passionate yeah. about. Yeah. How about you guys? Yeah. I want to earn a live, a live, yeah. I want to earn an income. I want to have money as a result of me being obedient to Jesus. Yeah. Not doing something that I hate every day of my life. Yeah. Right. 
Heaven is a wealthy place. There is 12 foot walls of Jasper, okay? I don't know how the value of that. That's pretty incredible. Right? Gates of pearl. It's going to be phenomenal. The gold is so wonderful, it's translucent. So, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to show you back from this, you guys. God wants you to be blessed. Look at your neighbor and say, God wants you to be blessed. How many of you guys have seen on Instagram the hashtag, hashtag blessed? Right? I mean, I use it all the time, but it's awesome. Hashtag blessed. Right? I post pictures of my wife. I'm like, hashtag blessed. You know? You know? And that's, I, I love that hashtag. I love that it's streaming. I think it's awesome. But, but the hashtag doesn't really do uh, the blessing that God has for your life as a son or a daughter of his justice. Yeah. Because God wants to go above and beyond what culture says is a blessing. Yeah. When I talk about being blessed or hashtag blessed, all right, this is what I mean. I mean having supernatural God power working for you in your life. Yeah. Just like Tony said. Standing under the spout of supernatural God power. That's what it looks like. That's what it means uh, to be blessed. When a believer is blessed, their lives are filled with divine coincidences. You guys know what I'm talking about? They may not be rich by the world standards, but they enjoy a quality of life that most billionaires envy. Because they live a fulfilled life on the inside. This is so awesome because uh, Tony actually mentioned it in the offering message. But consider the book of Deuteronomy. In four separate places in the book of Deuteronomy, God says that those that obey Him, that He will bless every single thing that they touch. That's, that's, pretty, that's pretty wonderful. Chapter 14, chapter 15, chapter 23, chapter 28. And then twice in, in chapter 28, does God say, I'm going to bless everything that you touch. And that's what being blessed really means. It means that every single thing that you touch does well. Yep. Is this rocking anybody's world? Yeah. Honestly, because there's so much confusion surrounding the subject, it would almost seem like pious or religiously elite to, you know, shudder away in a cave and say, I don't want When God actually didn't fashion you to be like that. God, Jesus died on the cross so that you could live life and life more abundantly. Yeah. It's not extra holy to be absolutely broke every time you see somebody who needs something. Come on. Yeah. I love what Bill Johnson said. He's like, it's not, it's, it's not the ultimate blessing of God for you to get groceries when you need food. The ultimate blessing of God is for you to be the one giving groceries when somebody else needs food. And that's the direction that we have to start to think and believe that God actually does want us to be blessed. I think that's one of the biggest things, the biggest obstacles when talking about money is that some people don't actually believe that they should be blessed. Right? People try to give you money and you don't want it. That has nothing to do with you feeling like you don't need it. That has everything to do with the way that you see yourself. Because you don't feel you're actually worthy of that money. You guys with me? And so whenever we start to declare that God wants us to be blessed, it's not just walking around saying, oh, well, God's going to make me wealthy. I hope that he does. But that's actually God wanting to work on ourselves first. Yeah. And so that so we would believe now. and know that he loves us so much that he wants us to be blessed so that we can be a blessing. Yeah. Not just that we walk around as a pauper all of our lives saying, look at me and how holy I am because I don't have anything. 
If that's what God has called you to do, then that's awesome. But if that's not what He's called you to do, then I'm here to tell you He's called you to be radically hashtag blessed. <laughs> so being blessed means that supernatural power permeates every aspect of your life. Your health, your relationships, your work, your family, your emotions, and your thoughts. That's what we, that's what that's what God's definition of hashtag blessing is. So if we're going to talk about money, if we're going to talk about generosity, if we're going to talk about being blessed, we have to start with the foundation of how we manage, how we steward, how we handle the money that God gives us. We have to talk about first things first, right? I love that old saying, says first things first. And so if we're going to truly be empowered to be blessed, we have to first talk about stewardship. We have to talk about how we're handling our money. Why is that? Because how we steward our money is actually a test. How we handle our money says a lot about who we are. Amen? How we handle our money reveals a ton about our character. You guys agree with that? So if we're going to live a blessed life with supernatural God power working for us, where every single thing that we touch is blessed, that means we're going to have to be people of good character that make good, sound decisions from a heart with the Holy Spirit. Amen? Amen. And this is why I want to talk to you guys for a little bit tonight about the principle of the first fruits. Now, this, this runs throughout the Bible, and this can also be called the principle of the firstborn or the principle of the tithe. All right? And we're starting here because I know nothing that presents more adversity when speaking about finances <laughs> than talking about tithing. I texted all my pastor friends today, and I said, pray for me. I'm going to talk about tithing. All right? Because I know that it's, it's, it brings about a ton of adversity because there are so many different teachings out there on tithing. I mean, Google it. There is a ton of blogs that are going to come up. Like I said, there is confusion that surrounds any subject where breakthroughs is editing. Yeah. Yeah. And there's a lot of confusion on, on tithe. And tithe really is actually one of the greatest heart tests that God has invited human beings into. I really believe that with all my heart as I've said it. So, what is tithe? You may have heard somebody up here in the front, you may have heard me before, somebody else say, hey, tonight we're going to receive our tithe and our offerings. So, what are tithes? Okay, let's just start from the beginning. What are tithes? A tithe literally means a tenth. Okay, somebody say 10%. 10%. So, to tithe means to give a tenth of your annual produce or earnings to God. That's what, that's what tithing is. If somebody says, well, I'm going to tithe. That means I give 10% of my earnings back to God. And throughout the Bible, there are eternal principles. And tithing is very clearly one of them. One, one of the comments I got on my Facebook uh, was tithing is not biblical. And that's actually, that's actually I, I understand where it comes from, but I don't think that anybody with a soft heart toward God that would be willing to study only a few hours about the subject of tithing in the Bible themselves, to come away with that statement. Because tithing is very much biblical, and there are many verses of Scripture, both in the Old Testament and the New Testament, that talk about tithings and tithing and offering. Now let me say this for us. As New Covenant believers, tithing is not a law. Now say this with tithing, tithing is not, is not a, law. a law. That means if you don't do it, we're not going to send Officer Matt to your house. All right? <laughs> 
Then the judgment of God is not going to come and spite you, and you know you're going to get sick. Like no one, no one's going to send you an email and say, "I need to judge me too," because I have seen top, right? That's not going to happen. No one's going to be mean to you or hateful towards you. All right. Tithing is not a law. Tithing is a principle. Everybody, just say that with me. Tithing is a principle. All right. So tithing is not a law, but tithing brings life. To those who gave. Let's 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 look at the Bible. So let's look at Malachi chapter three, verse eight. I'm using a lot of like famous verses, okay, to just start build foundation. Malachi three, verse eight, one of the most popular passages about tithing. And what I would like to point out to you guys is that tithing is important. It may not be a law. It might be might just be a principle for us as new covenant believers. But tithing is important, and it's never a passive suggestion in the Bible. But it's something that God says that He cares deeply about. So Malachi chapter 3, verse 8, the American Standard says this Will a man rob God? Yet you are robbing me. But you say, How have we robbed you? In tithes and offerings. That's God. That's, that's, that's what God is saying. You are robbing me, and you're not giving me tithes and offerings. God makes it very clear that if we keep the tithe to ourselves, then we are robbing God. Amen? Did you guys get that from that scripture? Yeah. Okay. All right. So, here's the most common response of that scripture. Well, that's in the Old Testament. I realize that it's in the Old Testament because it's in the book of Malachi, which is in the Old Testament. But just two verses earlier, before God talks about the tithe, he says this, I am the Lord and I do not change. So that's interesting that that is just two verses before there. And, you know, you say that to someone, and maybe you guys have had a conversation over coffee. I have had several of them with people about tithing on priests. And the next one is this. Well, you know, hey, tithing's under the law. And so I don't have to do it. I'm under grace now. That's another common response. Now, that response, to be honest with you guys, is something that is heralded nine out of ten times. I don't think that very many people have arrived at that conclusion on their own as a result of prayer and study. I think most of the time, you know, somebody's read a tweet or a blog, and they're like, that's right, I don't have to know that. Anybody else have to You know what I'm saying? Mother Grace, what up? Right? I mean, that's true. That's uh, not a That's just been my experience. Okay, maybe that's not yours. But what we have to understand is, is that there are many things that were under the law that continue to be principles with God in the New Testament. All right. If something was right under the law, does that mean it's now wrong under grace? Nope. Doesn't. Right? We know that adultery was wrong under the law. Does that make it right under grace? No. We know that, you know, they said you can't kill anybody under the law. Does that mean if I want to, I can just go out and stab somebody? Because, hey, let's go under grace. I'm getting no business. <laughs> but you, you get what I'm saying. Right? Just because something is wrong under the law doesn't necessarily make it right under grace. And just because something is right under the law doesn't necessarily make it wrong under grace. You guys look at this. There are eternal principles that God reveals in the Word and they run throughout the entirety of the Bible. Just because something was mentioned in the law of Moses doesn't mean 
that we should just take permission and just throw it out of our lives today because bless God we're under grace and it doesn't mean anything to us anymore. Tithing is actually an unchanging principle that's been established, Malachi 4 and 6, by an unchanging God. So, get this, right? So, if, if you have a conversation with somebody, you tell them, man, you know, my pastor taught me about tithing, you're not going to believe this. And they say, I listen to that, tithing, I'm under grace. And that's what they tell you. Then, ask them, what does that mean exactly? Well, I'm not under the law, I'm under the grace. Well, tithing actually began before the law was given. The principle of the tithe actually predates the law of Moses. Right? Because tithing was happening long before Moses was born. So how does that work out? Right? We see that we see that Melchizedek received tithe, right? From our father Abraham, the father of our faith, long before Moses was born. And we also see that tithing was a principle that God established in the Garden of Eden. With our first parents at an Eve, right? So when I talk about the principle of the first fruits, I'm, I'm talking about also the principle of the firstborn, which God says over 16 times in the Bible, the firstborn belongs to me. You guys ever read that before in the Bible? He says, the firstborn is mine. The first, the firstborn, the first person that comes out of the womb, that's the Lord's. That's what he says. And he says, if you have an animal, and it's your firstborn, then it belongs to me. If it's a clean animal, if it's a lamb, then you're going to have to sacrifice it because it belongs to me. Now, if it's an unclean animal, say it's a donkey, you're going to have to redeem it. That means you can keep it, but you have to go get a lamb. And not just any old lamb will do. It has to be a spotless lamb without blemish. And you have to sacrifice that. And then it redeems that donkey. You guys see where I'm going with this? Because whenever Jesus stepped onto the scene and his cousin John the Baptist, who we talked about this last week, said, Behold the Lamb of God that takes away the sins of the world. Jesus actually became the spotless lamb without blemish that redeemed us, the donkeys. <laughs> right? Even yet while we were sinners. Yeah. Right? And so you see where the parallel comes in. Right? He says, I want the first one. I want the first fruits. This is what I want, right? So when we give up our first fruits, we actually redeem the rest. Wow. Does this make sense to you guys? This is what God made me. All right. So let's talk about the first first fruits, all right? Tithing was actually given before the law was given. Tithing actually began before the law was given. And there are several examples of tithing that predate the law. This is the principle of the first fruits or the tithe. So when we talk about first fruits, what we mean is tithing gives your first fruits off. So let's read Genesis chapter 4, verse 3 through 5. I think you guys will find this interesting. In the course of time, Cain brought to the Lord an offering of the fruit of the ground. And Abel also brought of the firstborn of his flock and of the fat portions. And the Lord had regard for Abel and his offering, but for Cain and his offering he had no regard. So Cain was very angry and his face said. You guys see that story? Can you read it again? Okay. In the course of time, everybody say, in the course of time. In the course of time. Cain brought to the Lord an offering of the fruit of the ground. And Abel also brought the firstborn of his flock and of their fat portions. And the Lord had regard for Abel and his offering, but for Cain and his offering he had no regard. So Cain was very angry and his face said. So you have two brothers, right? Cain and Abel. And we see that in the course of time, Cain brought an offering to the Lord. It was fruit, or it was stuff from his farm, right? And then Abel, he brought an offering to the Lord as well. And the Bible clearly states that it was his first fruits. Of his fat portions. And God was very pleased 
with Abel's offering, but he did not respect Cain's offering. Now, why did he receive Abel's offering, but did not receive Cain's offering? Well, first and foremost, what the Bible tells us is that Abel brought the firstborn of his flock, but it does not say that Cain brought the first fruits of his crop. Made a difference right there. The Bible also says, in the course of time, we all repeat it, in other words, Cain grew his crops, and then in the course of time, he got around to bringing an offering to the Lord. He did not bring his first fruits to the Lord, and that is why God did not respect his offering. Did you guys see that too? In my so Abel, on the other hand, he brought the firstborn of his flock to the Lord, and God accepted his offering. This is actually a huge lesson for all of us when it comes to tithing in the first fruits. Because God is looking at our hearts when we give. And when we give of the first of our first fruit for our tithe, God receives and respects that offering greatly. The tithe is your first fruit, and the tithe must be first. Are we all on the same page as saying that? Awesome. So let's look at another scripture. I'm going through a lot here, and I'm going to give you guys a fun illustration in just a second. And tie it all together, okay? Exodus chapter 23, verse 19 says this The first of the first fruits of your land you shall bring into the house of the Lord your God. So let's, let's see what it says there. First of your first fruits, right? Your tie. Everybody say tie. So you shall bring to the house of the Lord your God. So it says right here that the Bible designates the house of the Lord as the proper place to give first fruits. Now that's also another confusing you know, thing around tithes. Like, well, if I'm supposed to give 10% of my income, where do I give it? You know, can I give it to anybody I choose? Well, the Bible is very clear that the tithe belongs in the house of the Lord. That's where the tithe is supposed to go. We have a huge heart here for giving to missions, but the Bible doesn't say find a missionary and give 10% of your income. The Bible says bring the tithe into the house of the Lord. It doesn't say sow your first fruits wherever you feel like it. It says, bring the tithe into the house of the Lord. And this is where we're supposed to give first, into God's house. We're not just giving to an organization. We're not just giving to an institution. We're giving to God. And we're honoring God with our income. We're honoring God with our wealth. We're honoring God with our increase. Because we're communicating with our money that God is first in our life. Yeah, yeah, right. yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so Phil's going to help me. I'm going to have a little illustration here because I think it's going to be fun. Because when we're teaching about tithe... I just thought this would be super fun, okay? So what we're going to do tonight is we're going to pretend something, all right? We're going to pretend that I'm a fruit farmer. <laughs> yes. Will you guys have fun with me? For, you know, I, I was, when we do all those scriptures, I mean, will you guys have fun with me for a minute? Yeah. Okay, cool. Awesome. Okay, so. So, okay. So, you know. Here's my fruit sand up here, you guys. I got my fruit sand going on up here. And uh, I, I happen to be a great fruit farmer. I can look at these guys. These are, these are quite nice grapefruits I've grown in. What do you think, Phil? Yeah, they're pretty plump. Snowing. Yep. So let's see here. How many do we got? We got four, five. Six, seven, five. 
They're pretty good. They're pretty good. They pay once a week. They're hard to see. And so uh, Saturday comes along, and uh, you know, uh, we got we got to fill the car with gas. So for another one year, okay. So it's hot. You just pay somebody. And uh, you know, we buy some groceries. So see that girl with the kids go on her after all. Oh yeah. So one was gas. The other groceries. <laughs> that's that's awesome. Yeah. If you got hope, it's the same. Just give them your wallet. And then, um, right? And then, so your Saturday afternoon is taken care of, your Saturday night comes around, and uh, you forgot. Hey, at 6 o'clock, you get a text message to your friends. You're like, yo, you still meet this tonight at, I don't know, what's cool? The. Uh, I'm social. That's a, that's a really good place. Like, throw away. Right down the tent. Right down the street. Throw away. Four grand. You still have a great girl. Four So, you know, you, you guys have had that experience, right? You're like, man, I totally forgot. Totally forgot that I could get to hang out with them. It's like, I don't really have a whole lot of money. But I guess I'm going to go out and, you know, go out and hang out with these guys. And so, you know, there's another. Break for a few girls. But who am I kidding? I'm putting this on credit card. So we're going to take that back. Because <laughs> I've got so much. So I'm going to put that on credit card. And it should roll out. I've got to make sure I'm managing my cash flow here under all my food stuff. So, um, yeah. I know, after all, I'm not sure you know, what, who else is going to call me this week. I might have some other things to do. Next week, I might have some other deals. And, um, now it's Sunday, Sunday morning. I'm pretty amped, you know, about going out to church. I got a couple through that. I'm pretty pumped. I get here, my worship talks, it's really fun. The offering, offering comes around, and I'm like, okay, this is this is awesome. I, I know about tithing. I've been talking about tithing. I really want to you know, honor God, you know, with my time. So I got here, and then uh, this doesn't seem like wisdom. <laughs> Take these chunks that I need. 
Friday You see what I'm saying? Are you guys with me? Yes. 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 
So it's like whatever we give to God, yes, God totally blesses our money. But what would you rather be blessed? The last few cents you have at the end of the month, or the fullness of your paycheck in your job at the end of the day? Are you listening to me? Okay. I hope that I'm helping you. It's really my heart to help you. I really believe God wants us to be blessed. And I think God wants to take our community into another season financially, as individuals and as a collective body. Yeah. Amen. Amen. So I'm almost finished with a few more things I want to tell you guys as we spoke about this. Remember earlier whenever I said that money was a test? Anybody else? You guys remember that? When I said money is a test? Did you know that in the Bible the number 10 actually represents testing? It's pretty interesting. Think back with it. How many plagues were there in Egypt? 10, right? Meaning how many times did God test Pharaoh's heart? 10. Another question. How many commandments are there? In other words, how many ways are obedience to God tested? Ten right there. How many times did God test Israel while they were wandering the wilderness? Come on, guys. Ten. How many times did God test Jacob's heart by allowing his wages to be changed while he was working for labor? Ten times. Changed his wages ten times. How many days was Daniel tested in the first chapter of the book of Daniel? Ten Times. And this continues in the New Testament. In Matthew chapter 25, 10 virgins had their preparedness test. And there's 10 days of testing that are talked about in Revelation chapter 2, verse 10. And then, of course, we all know that Jesus had 10 disciples. Actually, he had 12. See, I was just testing. It's a test. Like this, you're like, okay, I'm, I'm with you, Bob. 
Probably because his friends, boy, God wants to do something that's been laid out in the Word of God. I think I would like to do that. God says, good, because I'm going to actually invite you to test me in this and see what happens. So here's Malachi chapter 3, the rest of that passage, right, that I read earlier. It says this, bring the whole tithe into the storehouse, that there may be food in my house. Test me in this, says the Lord Almighty, and see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that there will not be room enough to sort. There's a lot of people who play the stock market. There's a lot of people who scratch off lottery tickets. There's a lot of people who invest. There's a lot of people you know, who, who do their best to gamble with their money. But there's only really one surefire way to see a return on the money that you sow, and that is the kingdom of God. Because the Lord himself says, I invite you, I challenge you, I encourage you, go ahead, test me in this. Give your tithe for a season and see what happens. Make a commitment to do this and see if I will not throw over the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much of blessing that there will not be room enough to store it. Here's, here's the real the real thing I've said on God doesn't need your money, but you need to be blessed. God wants you to be blessed. It's not, even, it's not about our church getting your money. It's not about an organization getting your money. It's about God receiving your best. It's about God receiving your first fruits. Tithing is not a law. Tithing is a principle. Tithing certainly is a test. It's an invitation from God to put in person every area of your life. So here's what I want to ask. I'm, I'm finished now. And then I'm going to you know, open the table up for free record. <laughs> um, but honestly, guys, I, there, there, there's, there's a reason why I never, you know, I ne- never endeavored to preach this. And one of the reasons was because I was unsure of how I felt about it. I've read the same blogs, I've had the same conversations. I've always tied it. It's just been something that I've done. To be honest with you guys, it's just been something that I've done. I've, I've done it because my parents taught it to me. Whenever I was a kid, they said, this is what we do. I watched my dad set a table and we didn't have anything. I, I was one of those families where people brought groceries to the, to the house. And, you know, I, I never knew that as a kid. But from the time that my parents were saved, I watched them give their first fruits offering to the Lord. Uh, I always watched it. So for me, I always, I always just did it naturally, not really knowing exactly why I did it. But as I began to study and as I began to look, I always thought that tithing was something, you know, you could just do when you go. Like, oh, you know, it's the end of the month, you should probably tithe. You know, I've even had this conversation since we've been married. But honestly, guys, now that I've, now that I've just said, God, teach me, I have an open heart. I'm not trying to manipulate or control anybody, but just teach me, like, what you want from me in the area of my money. When I understood this principle of the first verse, I have to tell you guys, our financial state is the Honestly, as a testimony, I, I can tell you that. And it's, it's not like we're rich by the world standards or anything, but there's opportunities that we have to, to bless other people. We, we get to do what we love, we get to pass. And I attribute some of that to our obedience to just say, God, we want to win you first. Yeah. And I want you guys to know that I've always done the best job. Yeah. Um, um, about a month and a half ago, I got super convicted because of one of Tony's offering messages. Because my wife and I, we had been given uh, in our time, we had it in our bank account. 
who said in the bank, I'll be out of your heart. We knew we were going to get into church meetings. How God around us. Anybody ever been there? Yeah. Right? Like, gosh, I'm going to get that at some point. I just, I'm busy. But when we sow, it actually redeems the rest of our money. Yeah. It commands a blessing on the rest of our money. You know what it does? It rebukes the spirit of man off your finances. Yeah. And it says, I'm not going to be, I'm not, I'm, I'm not serving money, I'm serving God. Jesus said himself, nobody can serve two masters. Yeah. You're either going to serve God or you're going to serve man. Yeah. And when you sow the first fruits, you redeem the rest. You rebuke that spirit off your money. And honestly, God, you need to be blessed. Yeah. I want you to have a clear conscience when it comes to money. I don't want you every single time that you have to change your bank account while you go to buy groceries and get sweaty. You don't laugh because I know that you've been there. I've been there too. You're like, ooh, this is a... Or you're hanging out with your friends and you've got to work through the building and you like, this is that part? And then they come back. You guys with me? Yeah. God wants you to be blessed. You are his son. You are his daughter. He wants you to be blessed. When he says the kingdom come, he's talking about your money too. So guys, guys, I, I just want to extend this challenge to you tonight. And, and it's not just me, it's not a preacher saying, hey guys, you know, I want you to tie. This is your home church, this is where you tie the law. I want to say that emphatically. It's not your home church, tie the law to your own home church. Bring your ties to the storehouse. So here's what I want to do as, as we're finishing today. I'm just going to pray a simple prayer. Pray a simple prayer. I'm going to take up the offer. I'm going to But I'm just going to extend the test that, that God gave him out of my chapter 3. He said, test me in this and see. Test me this and see what I want to do. Test me this and see if I want to pour out. Open. Open up the windows and head on. So, I'm just going to have you stand up. We're going to pray. And if, if, if you, this is what I felt to do. I felt to encourage you guys to test God for yourself. All right. You with me? Yeah. So, you, you may get tired. I, I also want you guys to know I don't scour the, the giving records. Just have a family moment for a second. If you give, if you don't give at all, I don't know. Okay? Okay? Alright. But I want to I test you in this because I fully believe that God wants to test us in this. Alright? If you will say, God, I'm going to take this challenge. And I'm not just going to give 10%. I'm going to tie it I'm going to actually give my first words. And you will take that commitment for the summer. Just for the summer. Just test God in it for the summer. If he does nothing for you, absolutely nothing, come talk to me. And, you know, we can, we can discuss that. And you can change your mind if you feel like it. But I really do believe that God meant what he said when he said test me. Yeah. So if, you say, if you'll say, I'll do that for the summer, Bob. I just want you to look at me. I want to pray over you. Just say, I'll do that for the summer. I'm going to try this. I'm going to test God. The Bible gives me free and clear permission to test God. I'm going to get my first word. It's not the summer. It's 92 days. All right? You can do it. We're all going to do it together. It's a family thing. So, Lord Jesus, right now, I just release courage and I release uh, grace uh, to give of our first word to you, Lord. Lord, I know that you meant what you said. You are not a liar. You're not a man that you should lie. But you are truth, capital T. And so we just declare that as we boldly step out and as we receive an income that you have given us the ability to earn. 
that we would honor you with our money and say, God, you are first in our lives and we honor you with our first fruits. And we, we're going to see, God, what are you going to do? We're going to test you with this one. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So, guys, I realize I'm, you know, I've kind of went over a little bit of time here and I apologize for that, but I also just wanted to make sure that I was doing my best to diligently share what I felt like God revealed to me through the word. So, if you could, let's just celebrate Jesus together one more time. My wife's been kind of dismissed. God bless you guys. Love you. Bless you. Thanks for subscribing to the Iris Nashville podcast. We'd love to hear back from you. If you don't mind, log into the iTunes store 
and leave us a rating and a review. The more ratings and reviews we get, the more accessible our podcast is to new listeners. Thanks so much. Have a wonderful day. God bless.